Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, actually, it's afternoon now. <laughs> it's afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, just. <laughs> just. Speaking of 11-11, I, I started a project, one project today at 11-11. I looked at the clock and I thought, wow, how about that? 11-11. The alignment today has been off the chart. I wonder why. I wonder why. It's a love vortex, John. It is. <laughs> you know, I'm tired after yesterday. I mean, I really am. Ugh. It was uh, that that publish the the, the publish thing um, kind of took me off guard. It kind of blindsided me. I wasn't ready for that. Yes. So everybody, yes, congratulations, John. The book is finally published, and I'm so yeah. excited. Thank and my you. copy is in the mail. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh God, it's great. Yeah, it's fun. So, so anyway, we're both, um, you, of course, more than me, but I I like to get in there. And um, so I'm coming for you. <laughs> Watch Good. out. <laughs> Good. You know. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, listen. it's been one thing after another after another. Um, yesterday, um, remember we were talking about Donald Duck and how yeah. there was something else and I couldn't remember what it was it's still in the book and I can't remember what you used but there was another time where we were talking about the wizard remember you were telling me how you were the wizard and I said John I have that on my wall <laughs> <laughs> that's right I'm known as the wizard yeah yeah okay so people call me the wizard yeah 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 that <laughs> yeah so then um so now i'm replaying it's late it's you know i don't know what time it is like two o'clock in the morning so i'm laying there tired and i'm thinking of all these things about the just what happened throughout the whole day it was just so just really so amazing and then i'm thinking about um the podcast i was telling you about and how uh natalie was you know she was saying how you know, booked she is and all that stuff. And I swear to you, that was an angel coming through. That, that it was so odd. It, it, it was like, I was, it was like she was mirroring something is what it was. Like it was almost programmed. And I'm so, I would think, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm laying there in bed and I'm like, why would she say that? And then what she said afterwards was so contrary. And, and I'm like, that just, that's proof positive that, there's something else going on here. So then as I'm thinking this, I'm staring at my wall and all of a sudden what comes into view is no one gets in to see the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> and then, and then, okay. So then last night too with Kenny, uh, that that's off the chart. I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's on the down low, but what is happening there is beyond what people could really imagine. I mean, really, it'll, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. And there's so much alignment there that I, I really can't share, but he was saying how he was in New York in 2017. I go, wait a minute, what? Cause I didn't know him then, but I was in New York in 2017. And what had happened was it was new year's Eve day. And all of a sudden, I just got inspired. I'm like, I have to go to New York. And my kids are like, what? I'm like, I have to go to New York. I don't know why, but I have to go now. And they're looking around like, what are you, what? Like, what is the emergency? And I, I got online. I said, you know what? If it's meant to be, it'll happen. Let me see what these, what the airline, you know, what the tickets cost. So I, I get on there and, oh my gosh, they were reasonable. On New Year's Eve. And I'm like, okay, well, let me look up a hotel and see if I could, there's a place for me to stay. John, the the hotel that I landed on, I looked at the room to see if it was presentable. And on the wall were two uh, pictures that are hanging in my home that my mom gave to me 35 years ago. I was How do like, you justify that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I said, I'm going, I'm going, I have to go. And I don't know why, but I'm going. So I'm on the plane New Year's Eve and I'm in the sky. Hi, John. Hi in the sky. 
as we moved in from 2017 to 18 on New Year's Eve day. <laughs> and I was sitting on the plane going, wow, I'm up high going into the new year. And I was mm. thinking, why did I have to go to New York? Like, what was the purpose of all of that? And it's becoming very clear. The And, and I... Another woman had come into Tank's life. It was Tank. I don't even say that. I ended up going to see Tank. But another woman came in. And uh -huh, there's a whole story behind that. But I, I can't share that right now. But maybe after your second book comes out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, the first story is pretty good. I mean, it's, you know, it's like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> That's I know. Good. I know. I know. And then, the, okay, so then it's connected to that. But then this morning, I'm walking the dogs. I'm sitting under a tree with Chip. And there's a, there's a car parked right in front of me. And the license plate is 777. Now, I know that's significant to me. That was told to me in my dream. And then there's a few empty spaces. And there's two other cars. And then this truck drives up, pulls up and parks. And his license plate in the front is a symbol that looks like i think it's a golf i think it means like a golf ball or something but it looks mm -hmm. like the earth and it mm -hmm. says terra on it t-e-r-r-a terra mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and the license plate started with six nine six wow that yeah ties, that ties right into you doesn't it yeah it sure does well. it sure does and uh you know and, and so I took a picture of it and I sent it to Kenny. I'm like, can you believe this? And then the whole New York thing started coming around and this and that. And then when I looked at your text and I'm looking at that card you created. And at first, John, I looked at it. And I said, why did he pick that color? Like, I was like, ah. and I was like, whoa, Marilee, that's the color of your room. All of a sudden it was like, that was me. Why did you pick that color, John? I don't have any idea. I just did. <laughs> of all the colors on this spectrum, you chose that turquoise. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the color in your room? Yes, it's like Tiffany. Yeah. Yeah. I love you know, it. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are people are to think we're crazy, but uh, that's okay. I um I wonder I'm trying to, I'm trying to I'm trying to make some sense out of this because you know just to talk about it randomly, it it it's it makes sense only to people who are experiencing it. Um, but I wonder what if there's any holographic block data memory that causes this to happen to people. Um, no, I'm I'm convinced. I am convinced that somebody is watching. Somebody's protecting. Someone is orchestrating. Someone's guiding. I, I'm telling this story is already written. It's there's way too many coincidences and pieces of the puzzle that are coming together and fast. So then this morning I'm talking to Kenny and he says, yeah, he goes, so I sent something out this morning and I'm waiting for its return. I said, yeah, like a dove. And all of a sudden it dawned on me. Oh my God, that's in my book. So I went and so I, not, not the game, but I have another big like leather bound, um, a handmade book with handmade paper and it's, you know, big, it's really big. And I, I draw in there and I keep track of like the prophetic things, like the messages, things that they come to me with nature. And I had, I had drawn and I said a pigeon, but in either case, it was like the dove with, um, you know, like with an olive, olive branch, but it wasn't mm -hmm. an olive branch. It was literally just a, a branch with leaves, but it triggered that. It was a message. And I remember that like it, it, it was a, it was peace or something. So I, I drew it in my book. And then this morning, Kenny says, yeah. So I sent it out. I'm waiting for it to come back. And that's what it is. So now I got to go back and document that. So that's what I'm talking about. Like every day I'm documenting and all kinds of things all day long. Is there, I mean, besides that, besides a pattern that that um, that you think this is not contrived, that it's real, is there a pattern? 
of any kind. I mean, the pennies, maybe. It's a communication hmm. system. Literally, communication system. Because I'm so in tune with nature that, you know, I, I hear. It's like I literally can hear what is being said. You know, like I just pick up the message, the vibration very easily. And uh, like that's like with Natalie yesterday when she was talking and I was, I, I wonder what my face looked like. You know, I never listened to any of my stuff and I never look at any of my stuff. But I'm wondering what my face looked like when I was looking at her going, what are you saying right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, of course. But you're pretty animated. I mean, when, you, when you're on video, you're pretty animated. So I'm sure it was wonderful. Oh, or, thank you. I, yeah. um, I just, <laughs> uh, but so, I mean, I, you know, I've taken the skeptic side here trying to figure out how to, how to, you know, I'm, you know I don't know. Uh, I keep looking for something in the ether of the universe that, that supports the communication system you're talking about. Um, um, you know, electromagnetic energy, uh, something that mm -hmm. causes this to be able to exist even. Um, how does it, you know, how does it work? And um, I, I, I do, I, I fully understand that every day that goes by, even if you just follow the news cycle, um, there's new information coming down that is that's making obsolete old thoughts that we had, you know, from the, from the Senate to the, uh, mm -hmm. to the backyard astronomer. Um, and it's becoming clearer that a lot of people that should have been um, doing a better job of being uh, stewards of the society didn't do a good job at all. That's right. And uh, we're all in the dark all of a sudden or certainly don't have the right information. Well, it's coming and, out now. Well, it is. It's starting to come out. It's, starting, it's almost like it's bleeding out, like like That's all of a right. sudden the bag uh, you know, broke or something. And That's right. This information's all coming out. And it's coming out everywhere. I yeah. thought it was kind of funny that, that, um, that Henry Kissinger's on his way to see um, Xi Jinping in in, um, in um, I don't know if he's going there or if they're, how they're meeting, but they're meeting again. That brings back a lot of memories. I mean, that's the Nixon. Those are the Nixon days, you know. Mm -hmm. And which is interesting is that the Biden administration must be must be scared enough of the relationship with China right now. If they're going to they're calling in the really old dogs. You know, Kissinger is a really old man, but yeah, he's but the one that opened up China for us. You know. what they're doing. Remember, just like our talk yesterday, it's Sun Tzu. It's the art of war in order to get to the light. And these people are being used as pawns to expose themselves. Yeah, but I think a guy as old as Kissinger doesn't care. I mean, he's, you know, I mean... I, oh, well. I, yeah. Why, why would he care? You know? Well, there's... <laughs> we could get in a whole other discussion about that. I mean... I, I don't want to get into that, you know, that uh, side of it. But Is that too scary? It's not scary at all. It's it's that... Um, Do I won't agree with you? No, it's just some people are in different stages of the awakening. And some people just are not ready for it, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and where there's a lot of people that are already way the heck ahead, understanding the truth of what's going on, you know, in this stage... And waiting for the curtain call. My God, come on. <laughs> and then there's other people that are still, you know, watching the news and taking it for face value as if that's what's going on in the world. And it's like, turn that crap off. Although, although, because the media, you know, talks to everyone, right? That outlet, we have to drip, drip, drip through the media. It has to be taken over and the truth be leaked out and this is what you're seeing right now uh, <clears throat> little by little well hmm. yeah I prefer to see <laughs> on the magical side <laughs> <laughs> well good <laughs> I'm waiting for everybody to catch up <laughs> You know, and yeah. speaking of that, I, I literally, as I'm watching it, I see God working to make this clearing for love to arrive. 
even today, there's this guy on Instagram. I forget his name, but he's he talks. He does these these videos from his car. He's very monotone. He's all tatted up, and um, but he's he just lays it out there, truth, almost like a robot, really. And uh, today he did one, and he didn't put himself in the video. He actually made a video, and it was just a voiceover. And he said, if I walk away from you, and I can't remember, but like, if I walk away from you, don't expect me to explain, you know, how you behaved. And I just gracefully bowed out. I'm like, if that's not the epitome of the game, you know, it's almost like the, like messengers are delivering the truth through all of these people. And sooner or later, they're going to land on the game. It's, it's literally preparing the soil. Um, in terms of soil, uh, there's um, you just engaged my one-dimensional research mind. <laughs> um, there's some, uh, what? <laughs> there's there's um, instrument um, kind of uh, research that that um, is able to, or at least I have read about this somewhere is able to notice, the instrument can notice history, the history of the soil. Uh Um, In a way, in other words, if a wagon train went across this road 157 years ago or 300 years ago, the instrument will pick up whatever the resonating frequency is of that wagon train. It still exists. I guess what what I'm saying is the article said that that kind of stuff lingers in the soil, it doesn't just go away. It's like everything lingers everywhere and nothing really just zips away and disappears. Can't. Everything sort of is always there. It, it never goes away. Because energy, once it exists, it cannot fail to exist. And so I understand that if energy can't go away, um, everything just moves to a different state. But uh, also, that gets back to the everything existed in the moment. Yep. There's no new energy. There's just re, we're reusing old energy. It's it's the plane that we live on. It's, it's it's an elevation, literally. So if you're looking at layers, right? What layer of this existence are you living on? And some people are at the bottom, and they're they're just weighted down by the heaviness of the darkness this negativity the veil that we talked about and as you change your perspective and you start to see things clearly and understand and lighten your load you elevate that plane of existence so when people say to me merrily where are you living you know like what world do you live in like it's like it's so unrealistic it's like you don't know my world because you haven't elevated to that 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 stage yet you know you haven't let go of all the things that are holding you down and you don't even know what it is. Well, I some, whatever part of that would be, I would say that, that, that Euclidean geometry would give you a flat plane surface, that it would give you uh, access to the horizon uh, easier than, than looking up or down for that matter. Um, so those people that are down there, if, let's, let's say it's a Christmas tree, a reverse Christmas tree where as a tree, you know, gets broader as it goes up, it gets more expansive and more, yeah, more of everything. So the people on the bottom, for them to elevate, they would have to look first to the horizon before they could look up. They can't get up without looking to the horizon to start with, because that's where the dreams are. That's where they, that's where they think. You know, yeah. that's yeah. that's the Escher circle. That's that's. And that's why everything started with Euclidean geometry as opposed to this other stuff that we have now. Explain. You know, that's, to why, explain that's why you're, that, well, that's why well, you're. Well, that's essentially geometry that works on one plane. And, you know, like, like, a, like a classic uh, triangle yeah. is, is Euclidean because you don't have to, you don't add it to it, you don't add another dimension. Okay. And, and that's, and so it's along that flat surface that you can get the most acceleration the most power you know if yeah. you are a plasma strike you're going to come in flat okay uh, even though it looks like you may be you know doing other things 
your power will be Euclidean. And and um, that's where you get the big zap. And mass and electromagnetism creates those things. And it becomes plasma because of the way it's put together. And, you know, um, the hottest thing you've got is a plasma tool, a plasma cutter. You know, people cut steel with plasma, stuff like that. Um, it's white hot. The hmm. zoomy stuff. I have a lighter. I carry a pocket lighter that's a plasma lighter because it's all done with electricity. I don't have a gas thing that you, you know, pop and it's fluid or whatever it is. I have a plasma lighter hmm. that's that's electric. Hmm. So I can, you know, if I have to go to the bank and nobody's there, I can just get out my lighter and cut my way into the wall. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a guy thing. Like, why are you carrying this thing around? <laughs> I don't know. I like tools like that. You know. Oh god. It is a guy thing. You're right. No, it is. It is a guy thing. It totally sure. is. Sure. It's like my lipstick. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> you know, that just triggered my memory. Last night, I was telling my son Peter about you know about our talk yesterday, and about your story about the dog. Uh -huh. He rejected that so hard, John. <laughs> he rejected it. He was like, what? No, no, no. It didn't happen, Mom. No. I'm like, it, it happened, babe. No, it didn't. That's a podcast story. That's bullshit. That's no. It did not happen. <laughs> Nobody in their right mind could do that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I don't blame him. Yeah, I, yeah oh, good on him. God. That's, that's like, how it should have been. What was funny, though, is that every time he played it in his head, he was like, no, no, I'm sorry, you can't do that. Well, yeah, I can't envision that. But I think, you know, to, to the, to the, back to the story for a minute, I think what's wrong with that, what was wrong with the whole thing, and I think it has to do a, a little bit with 4-H and whatever, is that we, we are in a society where we grow animals for cattle, for food, for whatever. And so there are a lot of people who kill a lot of animals. I worked for Swift and Company. I worked on the kill floor for Swift. Uh, and, um, you know, you kill, of course you did. <laughs> you kill animals for a living. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine. Oh, my yeah. God, that hurts me to the core. It's, well, it's, it's, I mean, that's if you go to the grocery store, that's where you're faced. You know, I that's can't. the abattoir. I, I can't. I just, I mean, you know, I don't call myself a vegetarian by any means, but. When I go to the store, I look at it and go, I cannot buy that. I can't. And I told Peter, I can't do it, babe. You're going to have to do it. I can't. And uh, that would, that happened years ago. And I, I honestly believe that the lighter you become, the more conscious you become, energetically, you start refusing things and you need less. And for me, it's like, I'm happy with just drinks and the sunlight. Well, that's, I mean, of course, I mean, that's just, you know, you're, you're becoming a balloon rising, you know, I mean, you're just, as, you, as you're becoming lighter than air, literally, or lighter than whatever the environment is that you're in, you're rising, you're elevating. Right. And that's how you, you, you know, you off people that need to, to, to rise, whether they're sinking in the ocean or, or yep. trying to rise in the air, they're throwing off stuff. They're getting rid of stuff. Yeah. You know, hoarders have a hell of a time flying. Right. Um, you know, you just need to be, that's, that's all, that's just the natural law. That's physics. Um, doesn't have much to do with anything else. It's just plain straight physics. But I do believe, I do believe that society has caused us in certain circumstances to be immune or to build up uh, an immunity to how we deal with the death of animals. And um, I, I, I mean, it's just, it's terrifying. It's well, it's awful. I mean, that I was fishing one time, uh, on the Clark Fork River, which is next to the John R. Daly Abattoir. And um, I was watching these guys who were, they were making whatever they make, ham and, you know, meat, grocery store meat, prodding these animals up this ramp to the third floor, which is the top floor. That's the kill floor of the abattoir. They're squealing and defecating and screaming. These animals are. I can't. I can't they know. They know they're going to die. Yes, you know, they know. They know what's up. Of course they do. These we're all manifestations of God. Yeah. 
We're just in but different that, forms. That goes on every single day, 24 hours a day. In this I country. can't. I just can't. Around the world. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So. Um, I can't do it. It just, you know, and you're eating that death. You're eating the, the adrenaline, the fear that's in that meat. And I, oh, God, John, it's just awful. Yeah, well, sometimes, too, you're eating. You know, we used to put, we used to put, uh, Spices in the ground-up meat by the shovelful. Sometimes you're you're eating more than that. You're eating just what I decided to give you that day with a shovel. You so, don't really want to know what's in that meat, too. You know, I I could go there. Oh no, you don't know. You right? don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. No, the federal the the, 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 the federal you know guys are not always there. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> I could go down the conspiracy road, and uh, I won't do that, but. Because I don't have to be the bearer of bad news. You know, people are going to find out on their own. And uh, I'm going to leave it there. But it's it's evil. It's absolutely evil. Oh, in well, way, I, think, I, think we just, I think we just lost this show in Texas. It's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well, you know, there's a lot of well-meaning people out there. A lot of well yeah. Now. yeah, yeah, and I think I, I mean, I harbor, I harbor animals, have all my life, and I love them, and, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Even though I've had a couple of setbacks, um, still, I'm making up for it now with this cat. Okay, wait, and, wait, uh, wait. Before we go what? there, are you going to tell the crow story? Oh God, yeah, the crow story. What you mean about the crow that I unfortunately yes. shot? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, you're going to make a real man, a devil out of me. I mean, <laughs> shooting my dog, working to kill Ford Swift. You know, oh now the now the crow. Well, yes, okay. I'm in my backyard, and I have a new, uh, or a, anyway, I have a BB gun, a little BB pistol, um, and I I was playing with it and. I'm uh, just you know handling it, or whatever, getting the feel for it, and about two. Two houses away to the to the west was a very large pine tree, and in that pine tree, about three quarters of the way up, was a crow sitting there. And I mindlessly, I'll have to admit, and without any really conscious intent, mindlessly brought the pistol up, drew down the sight, and squeezed off a shot, and I hit the crow and the crow i i winged him and he and he came up out of the tree and did a spiral into the ground like a second world war fire plane has been shot down oh. and is spinning into the ocean oh. and he's squawking all the way in oh. <laughs> and instantly i felt terrible of course uh, that I had done such a stupid thing, but that was just the beginning of the problem because there were probably 300 crows that got the same message at the same time who were in the area and they showed up. And I was, it was like a bad movie, man. They were all over me like white on rice. They were, they were really pissed. <laughs> and uh, it was bad enough that I had to hide myself in the house. The crows were coming for me. You know? Now, I mean, you know, that's what happened. And, um, and so it funny. went on. I have yeah. a crow that's saving my life, and you have a and you have crows. <laughs> <laughs> a whole army of them going after you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No. So, that, okay, did you kill day. that crow? Or did you injure the crow? Or what happened? Well, I don't. The thing is, I, I know. He, he was injured and squawking on the way down. But what happened was the crows hung around and they, they then, you know, they were looking at me and they were over there having kind of their version of, I think, of a wake or a funeral. So I, I wait, keep my eye on this, and I wait for several hours just to satisfy my curiosity. I, that evening, when I thought maybe I was undercover with a hoodie on, <laughs> walked over there, walked down the street and around to this place where this crow would have come down below that tree and the crow was gone. Oh. 
So they either carried him off, he survived, or somebody got him and carted him off or whatever. I don't know, but the crow was gone. Because I was walking over to apologize to the crow. I thought at least I can go over there and apologize to this dead crow and maybe bury him or do something nice for the crow since whatever. But yeah. I couldn't do it. And um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I've got many of those kind of stories. Oh, oh God. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's really bad. I mean, you know, if you grow up in the woods like I did, I mean, I spent the first, I never did eat beef, like domestic meat for the first 20 years of my life. Never touched it. I was eating game, deer, elk, bear, pheasants, ducks, you know, whatever, quail. Never had, never did go to the grocery store to buy meat. Mm-hmm. It raw meat, it wild meat the whole time. And so, but if you're living in that life, then you are you are um, obviously killing the animals uh, to eat them mm-hmm. and to dress them out and to skin them and this and that and whatever. And I I did all of that, did it all, did yeah. it all repeatedly for a long time. And uh, and it's a lot of people still do it today. And it's and it's kind of a um, and it's you know to do it as a sportsman, it's doing it differently than you would do it for a commercial operation, but you're still doing it. And uh, I think. I think um, there's a there's some tradition, some myth and tradition, especially among uh, Native Americans, about how to kill an animal properly and how to how to accept the sacrifice and give thanks and so on. There are people who do that today; they still do, and they probably more people do it um, as a part of the justification for why they're doing it in the first place. But I don't know unless you change your diet completely. I don't. There's there's no way out of it. I mean, the animal has to die at some point. You know, yeah. Uh, I think that when I think that when, when our big learning will be when the when the spaceship lands and we become the cattle and they start, you know, having us for dinner. Um, we'll at least have a taste yeah, of it. That's, that's closer than you think. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I promise to stay away from that. Okay, so tell us, don't, tell us the elk story. The elk? You mean you mean me but, getting in the elk? Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Well, that was just early on. I told Peter uh, that story and he denied it as well. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh. It's um. <laughs> it's it's like supply chain management and and calculation. In your when you're far enough back in the forest and up on the ridge line or wherever it is you are. Um, you have to decide what your options are as the sun goes down. If you stayed too long, if the snow's too deep or whatever's going on. And you also are on an elk hunt. You're hunting for elk. And the elk are big. They're great big suckers. And you have to take them out in quarters. And so uh, the circumstance, well, you cut them in quarters. You cut them essentially in a quarter of them. And then you throw that on your pack and you drag or whatever and take them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very hard to take. I mean, you can't take out a whole elk. You're just too big. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, um, on this particular time, uh, I was up on a ridge by the Montour Ranger Station and beyond. And the train station was closed. I didn't have a key. And I was up into the woods quite a ways. And it was getting dark and blah, blah, blah. And I, but but you have this emotional thing that if you see what you're hunting for, you forget what time it is and you just go for it. Mm. So I shoot this elk. Mm-hmm. Now and I kill him. Mm. And so now, now I deal with now it's me and whoever else happens to want to want that that elk, you know, for the next 24 hours, which would include little big cats who hang around out there too. Yeah, and. Um, and whatever else comes along. So anyway, I'm going through this, and I build a fire, and I this and I that, and I've got the animal, and I try to get him cooled down as fast as possible, and he's not doing that very good. And then it's getting dark, and it's getting cold, and it's starting to snow. And I don't have, and I, what I've done is I have not taken the time to build a, any kind of protection for myself. I've been worrying about the meat. And now the only thing I have to deal with is the, is the thickness of the carcass to protect me from the weather. And I've gutted this animal all the way down. So I make this command decision. I crawl inside. 
That's scary mm. as hell. John, I mean, to call, I mean, to crawl inside. What if all of the other predators, whatever, came and ate you? Well, they'd have to get through him first, so I'd probably, I'd probably shoo him away. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> me I would say go away. Later. I would say go away. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would be the first thing I think about. Like, I, I'm going to crawl inside the dinner right now. No, but you had to. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's I was it was kind of protecting myself. I mean, I um, you, you make these last minute decisions. I shot a bear one time. In fact, the bear is now hanging on a wall in Kodiak in a, yeah, yeah, in a bar. Yeah. And um, and uh, I I was again in this was in uh, I was in Montana. Yeah, I was in Montana. Anyway, uh, I'm having lunch at this. I'm sitting down having lunch. I got my rifle across my lap. I'm high on the ridge line again, so I can have a view. And I'm opening up my sandwich, and I'm da da da, and the stuff falls on me, dropping out of the tree. I'm next to a tree. And um, I don't pay much attention to it until it gets worse. And I realize that the bear is right above me. I sat underneath the bear. And it's a big black sow. And uh, she's mad. And she's frothing. When the bear gets mad, they start to swing their head back and forth. They froth. They throw this white fluid out of their mouth. They're really mad. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so then again, I had to make that that decision. Um, I backed away. I had my rifle. It was a two seventy, um, and um, I'm looking at the bear, and the bear's coming down. I didn't want to kill the bear, but I thought, you know, uh, if if the bear gets the ground and comes for me like she's making the noise instead of runs, then I lose my I lose my advantage. And right now, I've got the tactical advantage on this bear, so I shot the bear. Ugh. And um could have been a mom. She could have had cubs nearby. Well, I didn't make that I didn't go through that thought process. But anyway, I, I skinned her completely and uh, it was it was a sow bear skinned her, made a big rug out of a great big rug with a head attached, all that stuff. And it's it's in Kodiak, Alaska right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. What do you do with the meat? Oh, you eat it. Bear meat's wonderful, and bear and bear suet, bear fat is as good as it gets. Huh. Uh, you render that; it's white, like white lard, and it's absolutely the best possible lard in the world. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff that you know us hunters do. <laughs> I'm a uh, I'm a benefactor member, life patriot member of the National Rifle Association. And I'm a I'm a terrorist by in many people's eyes. I'm going to be the worst of the worst. Um, well, I think I think by these stories. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've, been, I've been in the NRA. I mean, my family's been in the NRA for three generations, uh, and uh, and I, there's there's a lot of good that goes on there. I mean, we're not we're not terrorists. I mean, you know, these guys that are doing all this bad stuff are not members of my club. Not yeah, at all. yeah. But um, you know, there's there's. Work needs to be done. There's no doubt about that. I just wish that people would calm down and talk about it instead of just screaming at each other. Mm. But, um, it's, there's a lot of emotions there for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're in a, ba- a battle. We really are. We're in war. Yeah. But on the other Interesting side. thing you said last week, I thought it was said what you said yesterday about using Sun Tzu's art of war, you know, to interpret the, uh, the uh, uh, writings of, of, uh, of um, Buddha. Buddha, yeah. Yeah. That was very interesting, I thought. That's a very, so great, deal of, great deal of insight, I thought. Thank you. I believe it. I know the direction that we're going. This is taking a while for people. Well, see, you've got this fallback bulletproof position that you keep coming up with, with which <laughs> makes it very difficult for me. Because I keep looking for I think I keep looking for logic and rationality. You keep saying no, no, I know it. It's like I've been there. Like I went to the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I know that. Yeah, too bad. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, you know, it's it's not an easy position to be in, you know, because it it really challenges my patience. It's, you know, you just feel like shaking people sometimes and say, wake up, you know, put this stuff down and, and just follow me. Trust me. Trust me. Just try a little bit, just a little bit. You know, you're going to love it. And um, like children, you know, you're trying to spoon feed and 
you know, you got to just wait. This is yeah, my but time. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the story of a fascist. You got to be careful how, you know, what, what you tell people to believe in because a fascist will tell you anything. You know, well, do, do, okay. But do I, all right. I, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, all I have to do is live my life. And how I'm experiencing this life is phenomenal. So I, I just know this is my time. This is for me and, and just enjoy it. It's like quit trying to talk other people into it. Whenever they're called, they're called. Well, that's a very safe position. If you don't, if you're, if you're calling it is not to convert people, right. then the position is safe. Just be happy yeah. and go forward. Right. Um, and I think that's obviously a, an easy position. Uh, there's although, you know, I mean, this, our conversations, I'm getting tired of the word podcast, but these our conversations tend to, to skirt the other side of that issue where we, where our conversations are lending another side or a story about why it is happening, you know, why I believe that I think you're telling the truth. Um, even though, was it Peter who said I was full of shit? Who was it? Was yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, I think the, the credibility is gaining there. There'll be some people who will share, for example, your belief or thought, uh, some that will share mine. Um, and we, at least we have a scope between us that, we're, that we are <clears throat> talking about both ends of that spectrum. Um, I thought it was interesting. Was it you that was, you were talking about, you know, stop looking for the end of the canvas. It doesn't That's right. exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always out there with a hammer and a chisel looking for the, you know, yeah. for the end of the canvas. Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm more like an archaeologist, I guess, and mm -hmm. you're like an angel. <laughs> you always know, find me in the dirt digging for something. Yeah. Um, but see, that's a fascination. So, We're all here in this playground, you know, with free will to follow our own fascination. We are here to follow fascination, depending on where the will came from, but it's usually from your brain. And nowhere else. Oh, we're gonna go to this again, John? No, I'm not. I just thought I'd bring it up. I just thought I'd pull your chain. <laughs> oh gosh. Free will. Free will is just literally one choice. It's not a. It's not this. You know, all of life choice. It's one decision. Either you're going to choose love in everything you do, or you're not. Period. There's no going back and forth. What is it going to be? Yeah. So, what happens to the person that vacillates between your love, 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 love one day and not the other one? That, that's can't. just a you can't do that. No, that's your, in, no words, in your in your rubric of life, you can't walk both sides. It's not really my rubric. It's it's just it's proof positive as to the experience that the individual will have. You know, it's like everybody has a, a good, we'll say everybody has a good heart, you know, and our intentions are good, but the intention is rarely executed properly so that the response is accurate. And it's not so much the response you get from, let's say the person, the problem, whatever. It's the response you get from the universe. The universe will tell you when you're on the right track. What's just the phrase for that that people use uh, when uh, when the, the situation will be solved by something else? Uh, karma, mm. karma, bad karma. If you're doing it, if you're if you're doing something wrong, I love that you the, brought that up. The karma of the universe will get you. I love that you brought that up. Why? There's no karma because the karma. Okay, the idea is you know whatever you put out, you bring back, right? Okay. Well, I mean, that's a position. Yeah. That is, right? You, it, because of the firmament, what you put out, it reflects back to you. Off the water or off the what? What's it reflecting from? Yeah, the water. All right. So now, and I mean, we could get into that if you want, but here's the thing. There is no 
bad. There is no bad. There's there, God is good all the time. It's only good all the time. So it's not like, well, God is going to get you and karma is going to get you. No, it's you putting the negativity into the firmament and it's reflecting back to you and you're creating your own reality. And this is why it's a multiverse, because everybody is creating their own reality of truth. But the real truth and the only truth is love. That is our existence. That's the creator. That's what is making all of it. So if you're choosing not to love, to be contrary to love, then you are by default creating a reality that is not conducive to your true desire. So, all right. So taking that position then, let's say that you're at, a, let's say you're at Caltech and Sean Carroll is introducing his book, his, the one that I, one of his most recent ones is something is deeply hidden and that's and he's and he believes i think he's a proponent of the multiverse that you're describing about this back and forth business or the holographic positioning or whatever of yeah. many slices of many earths and so on mm-hmm. and you're doing it in a firmament which is a uh, which is an ancient idea about the reflective thing of the water up above mm-hmm. and so on Mm-hmm. But regardless, they're all in a reflective thing. They're all part of something that is holographically existing and not existing at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still there. So That's it's right. we wrap it all up. But this guy, Carol, at, at Caltech, is, is trying to come up with a rubric of some kind, some kind of lab rat experiment that will support his position. What are you coming up with? He's trying to use a rat to support. No, I'm not, not literally. I'm, that's that's a that's, I should, that should be not a lab rat, but some some laboratory experiments, some you know telescopes and and instruments and so on, and measuring devices to come up with some reason why the sine wave of the Earth is telling him that the multiverse exists based on his formula and the way the microtubules fall and quantum mechanics and all that stuff into one bag. He's looking there. He's looking in his bag, in his bag, for an answer. But he's looking in his bag. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, where's your bag? Oh, well, I'm not sure where my bag is, but as I'm listening to you describe this, to me, it's just, he's just trying to find the edge of the canvas again. And for what? For what purpose? To convince the rest of us that there is an edge? Well, okay. I, you're right. That, that's a good example of, of finding the edge of the canvas based on our conversation. But he's trying to convince himself, number one. And he's trying to support science as science goes forward. Okay. As, as things happen in science, quote unquote, that we learn more about the universe, the more about our environment, the more about whatever. But it's always based on a provable hypothesis that does take it to the next step. Okay. It's like, uh, you know, when I was when I was talking to one of my com- to my committee guys uh, when I was doing research myself, and what they were saying was, unless your research moves the needle, don't waste our time because mm-hmm. they're looking for forward progress all the sure. time. Sure, I couldn't tell them that. You know, I I couldn't. <laughs> Uh, who's the guy that said the devil made me do it on stage? Black. He's a black guy. Very uh, funny guy. I, uh-huh. um, God, anyway. Um, Most of them are. That doesn't narrow it down, John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look him up. I, anyway. Okay. So It could be Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy. Um, it could be, yeah. You know. What, it was old. Just, no, no. This is old guy. He's dead. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he died. He died. He was very popular on, on I think, laughing or one of those kind of things. Oh, gosh. Or, oh, Flip Wilson? Yeah, Flip Wilson. Yeah. Dang, look at me. <laughs> Good job. All right. Wow. <laughs> Must be the mushroom coffee I'm drinking. <laughs> okay, so... But here again, even in this conversation, it, it we're, we're still in the same place. This man is literally trying to find proof. He's trying to tell everybody that he's right. And, I'm, and it's proof to the edge, to the edge, to the edge. And he can't quite make it to the edge. 
But if we simplify it, why do we even think there's a multiverse? Well, <clears throat> because as, as we are all individual, we all have our own understanding, our own uh, view of our own life. So with, yes, with yes, our limiting okay. belief, you know, with the way we were brought up, the way we see things, the way we hear things, we create this bubble that we live in. And so when somebody else says, that's not true, that didn't happen. You're like, yes, it absolutely did. No, it's true to the individual. That's their world. So that's why it's a multiverse, because we each have our own truth. But, okay, so when you asked me about my own bag, right? Mm -hmm. The only way that I could ever prove to anyone that what I say is true is number one is in the becoming. Okay. Because all I've done is exactly what I've written. Nothing more. This is what I do. And number two is because I can't prove it to you. You have to take the chance of putting it, you know, of using the formula. You have to experience it. I'm challenging you to become love. Without becoming it, you'll never scientifically, you know, bring it down to the letter. Never. But you see, once again, your argument is bulletproof because, because if, I, if I agree with you and then I try and I, for some reason it doesn't kick, it doesn't kick in, I say it didn't work, then you, then you, you know, you always have plausible denial people like you always have plausible denial that the people like me are just not we're just flawed just enough to not reach your level <laughs> i mean it's a perpetual win for you, you know, it's like... That's because love always wins period hands down you know what i mean it's, it's just i have let go and let god that's it I've heard that before. It's getting tiresome. Um, but I, I'm, not, I'm not attacking you for saying that. But I mean, that's, that's again, that's another one of those um, sayings. It's become you know. trite. Like, okay, okay. And I, I remember when my mom used to say that to me. Me, I just let go and let God. And it would frustrate the heck out of me because I'm, I'm like, that's not helping me right now in the moment, mom. You know? And, um, but I, I really do understand this. You need to let go and let love. And if we don't know what love is, there's no way you can do it. How do you let love? I think I think the the other, but if you if you, let's say if you take up a, a person who who can't pay the rent, for example, or who can't do something that is basic to humanity at this yeah. point, yeah, you know, what they their fallback position is to go backwards in, in society. Is there any part of that that it elevates them, that makes them better? If it they are evicted, if they're evicted, you know, or whatever? That's my story. It worked for me. You know? Ah. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't realize I was sneaking that in. Wow. Yeah. That's your story, huh? Yeah, it is my story. Or part of it anyway. Yeah, part of it. Bigger story. So basically, yeah, obviously at the foundation, when uh, you know my heart was calling and I had to answer, and and you know that's that's a whole other story. But to your point, when I found out about the fraud in the mortgage industry, I I had already made a commitment long before that that I was going to love and love only. I was going to put all my faith and trust in God. And stick to the letter. I was not going to serve the devil. I'm not going to fall back. I won't do it. So when it came to that fork in the road. And I had to decide. What are you going to do Marilyn? Are you going to keep paying something in fear? When you know it's wrong. And you know who you're serving. Or are you going to honor the truth? Because you know the truth about this situation. I had to honor the truth. Whatever came my way. And I remember in, we had a trampoline in our backyard and I used to jump on that trampoline and look up at the moon and knowing all of the stuff that I was facing. 
And I would just say, you know, God, if, if I'm meant to have this house, I will have this house. And if not, you're going to give me something better. And I'm willing to take that chance, whatever comes my way. And, um, yeah. So then I was homeless. (laughs) 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 The bullies came in, (laughs) took away my house and I made a spectacle of, you know, of me and my children and my dogs and everything. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a rough few years, if more than probably five years. And, and, um, it was like one thing after another. And Marie, who was, you know, my best friend, she would, she would cry. She'd be like, Marilee, it's too much. It's too much already. It's enough. I don't know how you're doing this. How are you doing it? Because every week we would do the Marilee show. <laughs> and I would just, you know, and I was still happy. I was still doing what I do and, and spreading my message of love and, and telling my truth. And it didn't matter what the circumstances were because I'm, I'm living my truth. And so it's like, devil, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. I win. I win. And since that time, the most amazing gifts have come my way. And this is why I go to bed and I can't sleep because I'm in so much gratitude. And that's what true gratitude is. It's not, it's not having to remind yourself that other people don't have a home. And so you have a home. You don't have to remind yourself that you have a job and a paycheck because other people don't. You're not, it's, it's not forced gratitude. You're just, you're overwhelmed with the magic of what is happening in your world. And you know, there's a God without a shadow of a doubt. It's, it's no longer a belief, you know. I'm still here. I'm just listening. Yeah. Um, the more you let go, the, the the more magical your life becomes. Yeah, I, I can hear the resolve in your voice, uh, which makes it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. even more believable. Um, um, but what if you don't handle it right? Um, maybe. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you handle it right, but I, you know... <laughs> John, remember the story that I read? I wrote in uh, Cracking the Rich Code. It was the the last one in, in book nine, and you were like, "Oh my God, Marley, I just wanted to pull you out of that whole situation." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was called Just Be Love, and I was telling my story of all of the challenges I had, all the crooks that came into my life every time that, you know, it would seem like maybe I was making a bad decision, but I wasn't, I was sticking to my guns every single time a rap came in to drown me out. And it's like, Nope, can't do it. I win. Yeah. That's what Napoleon did during the French revolution. He stuck to his guns. Yes. He was, (laughs) that's another story. And we're, we're about to be out of time. So I don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, Mm -hmm. I, 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 I will honor, I will emotionally, I will emotionally honor your story. Um, I have a similar story that I will save for another day. Okay. Um, that, that happened to me, but it happened to me in a, in a different, at a different level, probably of, of, um, of, uh, circumstance, um, where I was, uh, you know, a so-called captain of industry, mm-hmm. um, where I was taken down with a great deal of la plume mm-hmm. and and turned to powder in the public square, and um, it's um, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It does oh hurt. yeah, it does. Oh hurt. yeah. When when you're fighting this battle, and the devil comes in to challenge you to say, "Really, really, you don't think you're mine?" Oh, he throws all kinds of stuff at you, and this is why you know, like what I've written in the game, it gives you a clear formula how to overcome all those challenges that you will go through. See, when you're asleep and you don't know that you're serving the devil, you know, you don't know that you're just trying to get along in this world and you're completely oblivious to what you should be doing. The devil leaves you alone. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's easy. But the moment you try to rise and do something better and you think you've got it going on, he pulls the rug out from under you. Uh, my phrase is pull a weenie out of the bun. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, I would say 
So, so, but the the image that leaves me within is that society essentially is on a perpetual case of autopilot. Uh, how do you get people to think either up or down? Does it take trauma? Um, you know, I, I believe that God works through all of us in a different way. He'll call us, you know, I don't, I don't know. Some people go through a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, heartache, and they just get harder and harder. Meaning they, they build these walls around them and they say, well, I'm, this is the way I am because of all this stuff. And you don't know my life. And if you understood my life, then you would understand me. And they have this chip on their shoulder and they walk around with all this armor. And it's like, that's not how we're supposed to be doing this. You know, and it's, it's not a badge of honor. What you want to do is prove to the devil that it doesn't matter what he's got coming. You, you're on to him. It's like you have the answer. Um, our hour's up, and I think that's a perfect place to stop. Okay. Unless well, you want to keep going. Are you, are you compelled to keep... Want me to build up a stand here for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I could. I could go on a rant. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting that sense. I'm getting that sense that maybe we could go have lunch and keep talking, but no. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't because I'll get into my preacher mode, but um, right. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely true. But I mean, before we get off, I really want to say, you know, congratulations on the publishing of Deals Danger Destiny. I'm, I'm so proud. I'm so honored to be in the book, to be part of your life, part of this story, to have you in my life, John, is such a blessing. God Thank brought you. it to me, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. you know, yeah, I, I just, um, right. sometimes the words just aren't enough to express the magnitude of what is happening right now. Yeah. You know, right. it's, it's so, so far beyond it's a us. Big, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's coming. And it's, it's starting to steamroll. It's coming. Mm-hmm. And um, right. so anybody who listens right. to the podcast, go to someberrypress.com and get a copy because you're you're gonna love the story. I guarantee you'll love it. It's it's John's story. It's more than I mean it's really gonna push the boundaries of of thinking like what am I doing with my life? You know, wherever you are in life, you're either gonna be young enough to understand that you could push the boundaries enough. So where, you know, start taking more risks, get out there and do more stuff. You could pack more into it and, and just let go of all your fears. Or you're going to be older and you're going to read this and go, damn, what was I doing? He, how did he pack all this stuff into his life? You know, John, and then come out with this amazing book. Yeah. Uh, well. I know. I mean, I don't, I'm having a hard time reacting to that. I mean, it's wonderful what you're saying. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, you know, and for <sighs> me, John, it's like, you know, just for the audience, though, whoever's listening, I, the game itself, I can't talk people into it. It either calls to you or it doesn't call to you. You either hear your heart, you don't hear your heart. But if you start with John's book, it's going to lead you there. It's going to lead you there because it's it's just a, an amazing, beautiful oh. ride. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a foregone conclusion that the that the series Deal Danger Destiny, um, the two books lead to a trilogy of books, really, um, mm -hmm. because you the game. I guess I mean I guess we can come into shameless self promotion here, but but the game. Um, that is your book uh, is the is the manual is the is the foundation for and I didn't realize it was a foundation. You know, this is kind of like you and I came. This is kind of like you're talking about preordained stuff, right? Um, it, it's that's what's happened, and it came to us in weird ways, and that's why I've that's why I have me being Mister Scientist, I have continued to to seek you out. Because you seem to have this, although, you know, it is plausible denial, but I still say there's something to this gal. 
you know? <laughs> <laughs> There's something here. Mm-hmm. And then you come up with this book, which is the, you know, the, the instruction manual for life, mm-hmm. and it's dead on the money. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, you know, maybe I'm not so stupid after all. Maybe I did find something worthwhile here. Well, you know what? The, then, I, the irony of it is how we met. I mean, we, we met on a, an app called Wisdom, John. Yeah, right. You know, I just, and then here we are with these books that I feel are, are definitely divine. They're just, they were given to us. And they were written independently of each other and yet have dovetailed into one another. Yes, yes. With absolutely no, um, no conference between the two of us. No plan. No plan at all. Yeah, zero. None. It just happened. Uh, yeah, I've I've had nothing yeah. to do with. Well, and, here and... we go again with God and the plausible <laughs> denial. Get out the fairy dust. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, that's our life. Sticking to okay. it. I love you. I love you too. Talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. Bye.